You are listening to Your First 100K, the number one podcast for Christian entrepreneurs, coaches, and business owners who want time freedom and financial freedom so that they can provide for their families, travel the world, and give back to the less fortunate. If that's you, then sit back and stay tuned in because you're in the right place. I'm your host, Joseph Warren. I started my first multi-million dollar business at age 19 and wasted away my 20s trying to find happiness through money, success, and pleasure. I made millions, but I still didn't feel happy or fulfilled until I learned the real secrets of success. So the big question is this, how can Christian entrepreneurs like us who didn't give up on our dreams build a highly profitable six to seven figure business without being unethical, doing it all ourselves and neglecting our family and our faith? Well, that is the question. And this podcast will give you the solutions and strategies you've been looking for. Thanks for spending time with me today. If you're new here, then welcome. I have a free 10-day training waiting for you over at first100k.com. Again, go to first100k.com to grab your free 10-day training. Hey, have you heard the big news? I'm starting an online community for Startup Nation next month. And I am looking for 20 founding members who want to work closely with myself to shape the community experience step-by-step. If you want to apply, go to blowuprocks.com. That's blowuprocks.com. Today, my featured guest is Steve Cockrum. He is an international speaker, author, and consultant to top-level executives and leaders around the world. He's a subject matter expert on personality and wiring, organizational leadership, emotional intelligence, and interpersonal communication. He's known by his dear friends and clients as the personality Yoda. Okay, so if you want to hear more about that, stay tuned, Startup Nation. We got Yoda on the line with us right here. Uh, as the co-founder of Giant Worldwide, a global technology company that focuses on leadership consultancy, Steve is dedicated to empowering the leader in everyone. That's what we're going to talk about today, the leader in you. And there is one there. You just haven't found your voice yet. Steve's going to tell you how to find your voice. Which of the five voices is yours? How do you lead people under you and around you? Additionally, he is a co-author of the leadership books, Five Gears, The 100X Leader, and Five Voices. Steve's passion for leaders, team uh, communication, change management, and work-life balance is clearly echoed through all three of these books, as well as his speaking and executive coaching. Personally, Steve has been married to Helen for 26 years, during which time they have lived in 12 different houses on two different continents. They're now living back in London with their three girls, which has helped him with his addiction to Liverpool soccer, or here in the U.S., we call it football. All right. So, Steve Cockham, welcome to your first 100K podcast, the top 100 podcast in entrepreneurship. Go ahead and just take like 30 seconds or so. Just fill in some of the gaps in that intro, would you? Thank you, Joseph. Good to be with you. Always love my American introductions. Even as a Brit, I find them deeply embarrassing. So uh, thank you for your kind words. Um, I would say, yeah, Helen, been married for a long time now. Girls, um, love London, love my sport, um, passionate about leadership, passionate about helping unlock the potential of people, and genuinely excited to be with you. So thanks for having me. 
You're very welcome. Let's get right into it. Take a minute and share something personal about you that very few people in your business life actually know. Good question. I think the thing that um, always surprises people is when I tell them in the past, I, I, I was a pastor and I was a pastor who owned and ran a nightclub. Um, it wasn't a particularly successful nightclub. <laughs> it, it was the most expensive um, startup failure I think I've ever been part of. And 126 families of the church that I was helping lead at the time, I think we lost somewhere in the region of $2 million by the time we'd finished. So uh, if anyone's ever tempted to think that kind of entrepreneurship is, is easy, um, that's the bit that nobody who meets me, Joseph, would ever really see me as a nightclub impresario because I'm probably not. But there you go. Nobody knows about that. That was 20 years ago. Um, yeah, I'd rather not think about it. But I promise you, I've learned a lot through the process. Listen, you took a, a big swing with that bat, you know, and, <laughs> and you, you got a strike. OK, so what? Uh, well done. Well done sharing that. I appreciate that. You know, anytime I could start a conversation or an interview with uh, a guest and it's a little embarrassing or humiliating they reveal something i know it's going to be a good show so steve like let's get into leadership here we we started off by saying to startup nation that listen we all have a leader in us we have a voice within us that leads others towards a vision most of us don't have a clear vision, but once we do get a clear vision, maybe something that uh, you know is built into our purpose, our destiny, our reason why we're here, that's going to give us meaning in our life, and we're going to impact the lives of other people, we finally get that vision for it, but then we got to deal with people and personalities, and they don't listen. They don't follow our lead. I know uh, one of my best buddies, he just retired 30 years, Marine Colonel, and uh, he's going into the in coaching now. And I remember we had a conversation. He's like, yeah, I'm just going to, you know, get people to move. And I'm like, bro, it's not the same in civilian life. You don't have rank anymore. People don't just obey because you're colonel. You're a colonel. So let's let's talk about that, Steve. What is the biggest challenge you see in leadership, both uh, personally, individually, uh, and collectively? I think you, you hit the first one, which is most people are reluctant leaders, but everyone leads at least themselves. And many entrepreneurs, there's more solo entrepreneurs than there are people who live big companies. And what they don't realize is that actually influence is the most valuable commodity in the new world for entrepreneurs, because you're going to have to lead without positional authority or title in a way that years ago you wouldn't have had to deal with. So people go, but Steve, I only have one person or it's just me. And I go, no, you have potential clients, you have investors, you have stakeholders, you have subcontractors, you have people that will be your agency partners. You are managing relationships and managing relationships is leadership. It starts with you and it ripples out from there. So if you always say, if you can't lead yourself, it's very unlikely you'll lead anyone else well. But having that self-awareness, Joseph, to go, we always ask people, what's it like to be on the other side of you? Do you know? <laughs> because if you don't know that, the chances of you having the levels of influence you'll need to succeed in your venture is not as high as you'd like it to be. To clarify, when you say what's out on the other side of you, yeah. are you asking how do you occur to other people yeah like how so, are they receiving you 
That's right. So we, we, a lot of it, we're holding up mirrors and we're saying to people, what's the broccoli in the teeth that you don't know is there, but other people can see. So it's a bit like when you go, you kind of go to the, the go out for dinner, whatever it is, go to the bathroom and you've got this big sprig of broccoli hanging out. What's the broccoli in your teeth? Yes. Everyone else can see, but you can't. So, and the trouble is they don't change those. Those are hardwired into your personality. So I will always be opinionated, arrogant, believe my idea is the best idea. I'll always believe I'm the largest character in any room. I'll always have a tendency to talk too much, believe my own publicity, compete with anyone, even on my own team, and in many ways not listen as well as I ought to. So the fact that those are my tendencies doesn't mean they have to be my actions. But when I'm accidental or when I was unaware for many years that that's what it was like to be on the other side of me, I was what I call unconsciously incompetent. And a lot of people really don't know the way that they show up for others. That's powerful what you just said there. And just to learn that about yourself uh, has really equipped you to be intentional now in your behavior, realizing, okay, my natural default is to occur in these 10 different ways that don't produce the results that I want, for example. Uh, however, I've learned that if I act and behave this way, it yeah. does produce the results that I want. How is that not, or how is that being authentic though? If your, your natural default is to show up this way, couldn't someone argue and say, well, Steve, just be yourself. That's not being authentic. It's almost like you're faking it or manipulating, you know, your behavior in order to show up a certain way to get certain results. Right. Wouldn't that be a common argument? It might be, but I think if I was to bring Helen on and say, would you prefer the Steve that was unself-aware or the Steve that spent 29 years working at growing in that? I think she'd say that I prefer an authentic person is someone who's prepared to be honest and vulnerable. And so therefore, a lot of entrepreneurs will be wired like me, Joseph, mm. because that personality type is very similar. Yeah. So actually, the, the thing I've learned over the years with me is it's not do I need to prove I'm competent. Most people know that. What they want to know is, am I as interested in their success as I am in my own? Mm. So Giant keeps developing all these little tools. One of the things I say to most entrepreneurs is to go, learn to be interested before trying to be interesting. You want emotional intelligence 101. I often go in there, I'm so excited about what I'm selling, what I'm offering, whatever it might be. But that was a big one for me. I always go into any room trying to be consciously competent and go, I'm going to learn to be interested first. I'm going to find out about you, find out what makes you tick, what are you passionate about, and then let you be interested in me before I try and be interesting and give you my pitch. Mm. And listen, you did that today on the show, right? Before we came on and we went live, you were like, Joseph, give me your 60-second bit. Tell me who you are. What? So you showed interest in me, and yeah. I appreciated that, right? Okay, so most of us, as humans, we can't see our own label from mm -hmm. within inside our own jar, right? We don't have objectivity uh, mm -hmm. to see how we're occurring to others, how others are receiving us, especially mm -hmm. when they don't give us the feedback because they're too scared to, they want to be polite, they yeah. don't want to offend us, but I kind of wish they would so that I can learn and grow faster. Yeah. So how have you been able to get consciously aware of how you're occurring to others and how can my listener do the same right now in their life yeah 
Well, I, I think I was probably the least emotionally taught, mature 30-year-old you'd have met. Um, if we'd gone back 21 years, Joseph, I think people would laugh to think that I was now personality Yoda and advising people on how they can do these things in, in different contexts. I think the first thing is you have to be, you have to be committed to really wanting to find out the answer and growth. So it's not always pleasant. Most people go through, oh my goodness, have I really been like that to other people all these years? So there's an element of which, don't ask, don't tell. I really don't want to know. But if you want to know, and I would say, if, if people want to be successful in any business, successful in relationships is key. Your ability to establish and maintain and grow relationships for the future will be massively changed if you know how to connect with the individuals in the way they want to be connected with. So self-awareness is a foundation of other awareness. And the moment I know um, how you're wired, how you were made to be at your best, and how I can create an environment where your superpowers get to play, all of a sudden you really like being with me. So that's in some ways, you know, somebody paid me 20 years ago, I think out of pity for Helen, to go and train in MBTI and Fire OB. So most people have heard of Myers-Briggs. No one's heard of Fire OB because it stands for Fundamental Interpersonal Relational Orientations and Behaviours. I don't know who was the marketing guru behind that, but it was never really going to work. And what it did was it, sh it was like a mirror looking at me. And it was like, oh, my goodness, it made sense of some of the things that had happened, you know, some of the extreme stress behaviours that I'd seen in the, the failure of the nightclub. And I almost then committed to go, um, how do my mistakes and my failures almost, how can we codify those so that people can make different mistakes from the ones I've already made? And in many ways, that's been a journey of 20 years, realizing that human behavior is incredibly predictable. Um, I guarantee any relationship in the world where both parties want to improve communication and engagement can be done because I've been doing it for a long time. And I think it's what tools you use. We created something called Five Voices, mainly because um, we're giant. One of our promises was in the new world, um, leaders are unbelievably busy. They don't have time. <laughs> Even if they do have time, the moment they come out of a room, they're being swamped with demand. We basically said we're giant. Every tool we create for leaders, an educated 13 year old has to be to understand it, use it and teach their friends. Otherwise, in the digital world, it is just doesn't matter how good you were in the room, it won't change or it won't lead to lasting change. And my daughter, Izzy, <laughs> a very educated 15 year old at the time, says, Daddy, I love the fact I'm an ENFP. I can understand it. I can use it. But I can't teach it to my friends. It's too complicated. Doesn't that violate Giants principles? And, you know, when you go, uh, let me go and think about that, Isabel. That's very kind of you. And they go, that's actually true. So five voices was written in the source code of Jungian type, but was designed that everyone can play and use it immediately. And if they want to go deeper, they can, but it was a way in which teams can celebrate the superpowers of each person in their team. And I've done it with boards of big companies and everyone just goes, oh my goodness, that's practical, I can use it. And that's, you know, I'll give you an overview, quick summary of them if you want. But so there's five, um, each has a superpower. So you've got nurturers, which are the champions of relationships, relational harmony, values. They're the most generous, kind, always thinking of others first. They prefer other success over their own. 
unbelievably intuitive at knowing how people in any team or context will react to new ideas, always deal with imposter syndrome. Everyone else sees consummate professional, unbelievably dedicated team player. They're the only ones that look in the mirror and see less than that. So you can always keep encouraging them. They'll never grow arrogant. Mm. Creatives are champions of the future, innovation, ideation, social integrity. They are always stood on tiptoe looking out into the future, looking at trends in ideas, technology, what's coming. They see opportunities and dangers before any other type. They're internal perfectionists, they're idealists. They're never satisfied with the status quo. Vision is oxygen for their soul. The challenge for them is usually, can they communicate clearly? And can they learn to celebrate? Because for them, it's never quite as perfect in the real world as it was in their perfect internal world. But in the new world where we're really looking at a future no one's been to, that superpower is very, very valuable in any team or relational dynamic. Guardian, um, guardians are the champions of due diligence, truth, <laughs> um, systems, processes, efficiencies, project management. Guardians make things run and work on time. They ask unbelievably difficult questions, but if you let them do their work, they will save entrepreneurs so much time and so much money um, because they will always slow you down and go, have we really thought this through? Have we done our due diligence? Can we run a pilot project, which is the death words for every entrepreneur? No, no, trust me, this is going to be awesome. Let's just make it happen. Guardian's going, hey, let's just slow it down. Let's make sure it works before we go all in. Let's learn, the, take the data, take what's there. And the Guardian will guard to make sure that every pound or dollar or euro is spent in the most disciplined way possible. And there's no project in the world, Joseph, that they cannot lead efficiently, well, and on time. I've learned to value them far more than I did when I was a young entrepreneur. I was going they... to say you could have really used a guardian back oh. at the pastor nightclub experience, uh, right? The, do you know, I look back and there were people trying, but I wasn't able to hear them through the mist of my own belief that I was about to change the world. And uh, nobody really knew it quite as well as I did. So I've yeah. learned to, I've learned to now use the voices that are not as natural for me. So nurture and guardian are my fourth and fifth voice. I use them every day and I use them in every big decision filtering. So that's humility, which is, I think, essential for most successful entrepreneurs, even if people don't see it on the outside. Connectors, champions of relationships, relational networks, messaging, nuancing, collecting all kinds of people as they go. They're incredibly persuasive communicators, very inspirational. They're never selling in their mind that everyone else thinks they're selling. They're only ever connecting people they care about to opportunities and products and jobs that they believe in. And so the connectors are a bit like, I say the Tigger of the Five Voices world. They're always bouncing around, whatever they're excited about. You can't go wrong. I always ask connectors, what are you excited about right now? And that usually is a five minute listen as they tell me about all the things they are. Can, I ask, a, can I ask a question on the connectors? Of course. Can you have introverted connectors as well as extroverted connectors? So what, what happens is you speak all five voices, Joseph. It's not just one out of five. It's the order with which the voices are heard. So you, everyone has a foundational voice, a number one, which shapes how the others are heard. So connectors always have creative as their second voice. 
you find they're often more creative than they actually realize, particularly when it comes to communication. Because a creative struggles sometimes to express what they're trying to say and they need help to do it. But if, if they're not clear, they usually blame themselves. The connector creative isn't as clear in their communication as they think, but if you haven't heard it, they blame you, not themselves. That's the big difference. Mm. Well, I'm thinking of uh, a gentleman in my life right now that uh, is an incredible connector and people just flock when he's at the helm of a new project. Like all these men just kind of like all line up all these successful businessmen when he's leading, but he occurs when he speaks as almost insecure or uh, just very slow speaking, very docile in his voice, very much not the tigger. Uh, that you described, yet the results as far as connection and creating these new projects are so clear and evident. That's why I was wondering. So you might find you're dealing with a creative connector Mm. who's one of the most important things is integrity is everything and people trust them intuitively. With a connector, there's always a filter about, am I about to buy a timeshare? (laughs) <laughs> so i was joking say if you've been to a charity dinner where you go before you arrive go look okay darling i don't mind making a contribution but we're not really got a lot to spare this month you come home having sponsored an orphanage in romania or bought an elephant in africa you've usually been connected because they go for your heart first then your head then your wallet or your purse and it's just amazing that, that this is the thing which people miss about their superpower they know how to connect at the intersection between product and marketplace. Mm. So connectors, when you use them most effectively, and entrepreneurs often benefit from having a connector voice quite high, is the ability to stand in between the marketplace and the client and your product and go, how do we market, nuance, connect? What works? What's resonating? What is the client really looking for? Because there's a lot of purist thinking which says our product is awesome, but the reality is you're never going to make your first 100K unless you can actually connect your product or offering to what the market is actually looking to buy. Connectors are probably the most gifted I know at nuancing how we do that. They're also brilliant, by the way, at just being very cheeky. Connectors, Jeremy, my business partner, was a connector. We'd never have got to where we are, Joseph, without having him there. He'll Every time he goes on an airplane, he lands and he calls me, Steve, you never guess what happened. I'm going, I know exactly what's happened because it's happened many times before, but I know with the connector, he needs to tell the story. So I go, no, Jeremy, I have no idea. Well, I was sitting in business class, got talking with the lady next to me, made her cry, got the giant toolkit out, we've got a new client. I'm like, amazing, how do you do that? Connectors are just genius at connecting and they have accelerated influence in people's lives i get that all right what's our fifth one here what's the fifth voice the last but by no means least in their own humble opinion comes loving cuddly pioneer only seven percent of the population champions of winning strategic vision intellectual combat and aligning people systems and resources to create the biggest possible scalable win so pioneers love to compete Often they played sports when they were younger, when their bodies can't do it, they moved to business. And they love playing intellectual chess, moving the pieces around the board. How do we strategically win? They're always, always at work intellectually. 
They love strategy. They love the ability to be able to share and shape the future. And in many ways, they have this incredible drive that keeps everyone else believing it's possible long after everyone else would give up. Pioneers have to be so careful because their voice is the loudest, not just in volume, but in force of opinion. And they carry what we call a grenade launcher as their weapon system to use on people that disagree with them. So um, an immature pioneer is an absolute nightmare. Uh, A mature pioneer is one of the great gifts because they create the context where everyone else is able to bring their superpower. So, um, but when they get it wrong, they look very, very me focused, arrogant, ambitious, Mm. and almost the person that most people struggle to like in early life. So Mm. most pioneers are, are trying to prove themselves in something that everyone else already believes versus relaxing and going, you're trying to prove you're competent to your peers. What they really want to know is, are you prepared to use your superpowers to create an environment where they can win? The moment they believe you're safe to do that, they will happily promote you as far as you want to go. So very, very strategic, very, very driven, often incredibly cerebrally, intellectually clever. So that makes a lot of sense. So when a pioneer is leading a team, the team, all they really want to know is, are they going to point that grenade launcher at the team or are they going to point it out into the marketplace so that the team can win and take territory? Is that correct? Absolutely. So the thing that the pioneer realizes, this is me, by the way, this is my journey, just so we're, you know, my name's Steve and I'm a recovering pioneer. Um, I look back at the amount of people that I blew up without knowing it. Or actually, I never heard their opinion because they never felt safe to give it or I wasn't listening. So we have something in our world now called rules of engagement. So in, if, in any given team environment, the nurturers get to go first. They don't have to say anything, but nurturers will always struggle to disagree with an opinion which has been strongly put on the table already because they like relational harmony. Mm-hmm. So always let them go first, then let the creatives go. Creatives, you'll always have to ask some clarifying questions, Joseph, because what they say first very rarely bears any resemblance to what they really mean. <laughs> and it's so easy to just dismiss the pioneer going, the, the creative and go, well, that's irrelevant. But the creative only speaks when they've got something to say. So if you ask two or three clarifying questions, the gold almost always comes out eventually. So creatives need the team to help create the environment where they can bring their best. So many frustrated creatives in every organization in the world, a lot of them with entrepreneurial passion as well. Um, you know, guardians go third. And we always say to the guardian, please ask the difficult questions. But I always say to them, you've probably got to max the three, not the 20 you've got written down on your list. Mm-hmm. So choose the ones that are really important to you. And we promise to stay engaged as long as we can. And connectors go fourth. And the connector, we always say, sell it for all you're worth. If you're passionate about it, try and make us cry. We don't mind. But recognize if we choose not to go with it, it's not us rejecting you as a person. (laughs) And then pioneers go last. Pioneer that goes last, hears opinions they've never heard before. And in the end, it's tiring being a pioneer at times because you've always always got to be on your best behavior. Unless you're with other pioneers, in which case then it's fine because you can just blow grenades at each other and nobody seems to mind. So I'm trying to give you a flavor there, Joseph, of going, so I'm a pioneer connector, creative guardian nurturer. I can access all five voices 
But even when I'm doing my nurture as my fifth voice, I'm brilliant at being really focused with you for a breakthrough in your life. The moment it doesn't appear to be any change happening and you're expecting me to walk with you over a period of time, I run out of energy for that very quickly. But I can be with you in the moment and actually what I want to do is create a pioneering step change breakthrough and then effectively let you orbit someone else's life. So I can do it. It's just it's not as easy for me to do. And Helen, my wife, is a nurturer guardian, complete opposite to me. Pioneer is last. So we've learned how to become a team. And in some ways, that learning has informed the voices communication system. So there's a lot of resources there that people can use. But that's, I hope that, and if you give me a voice order, I can tell you usually what the MBTI on the other side of it is. So mine, Pioneer Connector, is an ENTP. But in the end, we can use voices because everyone remembers voices. Nobody remembers letters and everyone's been abused by a personality system in the past for which I apologize. So hopefully I say this is a coat to try on, not a box to live in. And if you happen to be a very opinionated, authoritarian, dominant personality who says, Joseph, you are a nurturer, then you don't just put them in a box. You put them in a coffin and seal the lid. Mm. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So, Steve, right now my listener is thinking to themselves, this is absolutely fascinating. <laughs> I've never heard this before. I've done all these assessments. Um, I've, I've see, see how I score, uh, with these, with disc, uh, with mm. personality, you know, other assessments I've done many myself. And, yeah. uh, this is, it almost occurs as a different flavor of the same thing, right? Why mm -hmm. is this the right one for my listener right now? And more importantly, what result is it going to get them by, not only knowing this, but applying this into their business. So I think the, the thing I'd say, Joseph, is, is the therapy is only as good as the therapist. Hmm. So if you've got somebody who's awesome with the Enneagram, they can probably help you. And if someone's a genius at Berkman, it'll help them. What we tried to find, Joseph, was how could you scale something without an expert being in the room but not make it so simple it lost the profound power of the more complex personality assessments instrument. So voices, I would believe, obviously, as the creator of it, sits at the intersection. It pulls from the depth transformational knowledge, which takes years to learn, but is simple enough that everyone can use in the moment without being simplistic. So having been using this for you know, number of years now with everything from Google to the US Army to, you know, where I was this week. It, it, everyone who engages with it basically says, this is the most sticky thing we've ever come across, but we actually are able to use it. So Google just said to us, guys, it's really annoying, but a year on, voices and giant tools have been the most sticky thing we've ever seen across our data centers, anything. So that's the bit where I would say it's worth using because Jeremy and I are entrepreneurs at heart. So in a sense, we've used it with our organization. We've used it with others. It, it works. And fundamentally, as an entrepreneur, you've only got a small amount of time. I mean, there's so many things that you're trying to make happen at the same time when you don't have a marketing department, a sales department, you're everything in the beginning. So the question is, what's going to give you the, the most win 
in the shortest period of time that you haven't got to do an advanced PhD in something in. So Voices is a communication influence system which you can learn pretty quickly and you can grow as you grow and it will massively transform your self-awareness, but it will also help you engage appropriately with all the different types of relationships that are part of any entrepreneurial venture. There we go. That's a Brit trying to sell something. That's terrible, Joseph. Forgive me. <laughs> you said you were all five voices, so That's we've true. been warned. Uh, so my listener is, is asking, how do I make money with this? And how yeah. do I make money quickly with this? How do I how do I increase my profits? How do I get more clients with this? How do I generate more leads with this voice system? These five voices. So, are you asking on behalf of entrepreneurs that are in any sector, or you're asking on behalf of entrepreneurs that are thinking of running their own coaching consulting practice? Let's go with coaching and consulting because I think that's your sweet spot right now. Sure. So, I think that. Um, you can use it tomorrow and it will help you in every relational interaction. I think what we realized at Giant as well is that if you just give people information, it's interesting, but it doesn't guarantee that you have a business. So, you know, people go and get the certifications, they pay their five grand, and then all of a sudden it's like, well, how do I use this? So the thing we tried to do and work really hard at is to say, how do we equip people with all the tools to actually build their own business and to do it in a community with other people doing the same thing. So yes, you have to have world-class intellectual property in the new world. You have to have a platform for scale with any client, um, which is what we have. But I would say that the main thing that if people are really interested in going, how can I add giant into the solution? How do I make five voices part of my client offering? Then in a sense, we've actually built a more holistic vehicle for saying, how do we help you with sales? How do we help you with marketing? How do we put you in a cohort for the first month where you're with other people, 30 people that are making the same journey? So what we've tried to do, Joseph, is to go, we dislike certifications that just make you pay for information. We love the fact when you can create a product that people can actually start generating money almost immediately in what they're doing. So we have a sort of phrase, maybe not 100K, but the 40 and 40 challenge, because for most people, it's not, do you want to do this? Are you passionate about it? It's, can you get the oxygen mask on early enough that you don't run out of oxygen and have to go back to a job? So how do you help people get 40K in 40 days? If we can do that, I'll guarantee they'll get their first 100K in a year. But it's that intentionality that I think Giant is specifically a great partner because they're our primary client. We're actually saying, how do we help you win? And we've we've worked pretty hard over the last few years at really going, what works, what doesn't, and what is it they need to actually get up and running? Mm. That's a bold promise, 40K in 40 days. So we're speaking with Steve Cochran. He is the co-founder of Giant. Uh, and we're about to get into my favorite part of the show, the hustle round. But before we do, Startup Nation, if you're looking to build a profitable side hustle that also impacts people's lives, then you need to look at becoming a certified leadership coach with Giant. Now, Steve just spoke about it. If you don't already know, Giant has been in the leadership space for over 13 years now. They used to own and operate the John Maxwell brands, 
They ran the leader cast conferences where Jim Collins, Henry Cloud, Malcolm Gladwell, and Simon Sinek were regular speakers and a lot more. You've heard of those names. These are the guys behind it, the pioneers, if you will. They have over 500 coaches working in over 127 countries right now, and their coaches are being hired by companies like Google that he mentioned, Chick-fil-A, personal fave right here, my wife, she spends a lot of money there. I think we're <laughs> investors and I don't even know it. Uh, Pfizer, Delta, and many other huge enterprise companies. And yes, you can do this too. So listen, Startup Nation, Giant literally gives you everything you need to start your own coaching business from scratch. You get hands-on training from top-level coaches to learn the exact methodology and tools that six-figure coaches are using right now to make their six or seven figures. Don't you want that? You're going to get an all-in-one online platform to run your entire coaching business, even if you want to work 100% remotely from anywhere on the beach, sipping a, a pina colada, if you like. And you're going to join a thriving community of coaches around the world. So if you're interested, if that tickles your fancy, as they say, to get started, Giant is hosting a coaching business workshop to help you learn the ins and outs of how to build a successful coaching business of your own, even if you're just starting out. This workshop is 100% free, and you can reserve your spot by going to the link in the show notes that I'll provide. And if you're ready to impact people and get paid to do it, go find that link now in the show notes. Steve, thank you for taking, letting me just kind of speak into my audience right there because there's so many right now that are struggling coaches and consultants and they just can't get past six figures. And they've tried so many things and the, the clock just keeps ticking and they're starting to get frustrated. They're beyond disappointed that they keep missing all their expectations, their goals for their family, right? And, and for their finances. And I believe you have a program here that can assist my audience. That's the only reason why I'm sharing it with them. You know, if you've listened to my other episodes, I don't promote any companies uh, out there. This is pretty much the first uh, ever. And I believe in not so much your company, though I do, but I believe in the two co-founders. And I had, we have you on now and I had Jeremy on previously. I like who you guys are. I like what you stand for. I like your values. And I believe you're both very trustworthy. That's the only reason why I'm putting you in front of my audience today. So I just wanted to say thank you for uh, this opportunity to uh, provide this side hustle uh, um, possibility for a lot of my audience that are struggling right now. I really appreciate you on that. So let's get into the hustle round. And uh, I'm going to ask you 10 quick fire questions. You'll have about three seconds to answer each. Don't overthink it. It's just for fun. Are you ready, sir? Come on. What's your favorite thing about being an entrepreneur? Uh, freedom. I get to control my time, not anyone else. All right. And here's a special bonus question for you, Steve. What's your favorite thing about being personality Yoda? I think it's that... I can go anywhere and meet anyone and make a difference in their lives almost within 10, 20 minutes. So that, that long earned skill set and moniker almost 
means that people are almost waiting for me to do some magic in their lives. And when people are open and they want to receive, I, I love the fact that I often get to speak truth that liberates them and often some revelation, which often changes the trajectory of their lives and relationships. So that feels special. I get that. I'm almost picturing you showing up as a magician and saying, you want to see a trick? Let me show you you and how you show up in the world. Amazing how people go, do me, do me. And I'm like, okay. Yeah, yeah. I I don't, all I say is I don't have it on all the time, but I have an uncanny ability to redial the tape. So if somebody says, what do you think I am? I "I don't really know, but they go, don't be lazy. So I replay what we've done over the last hour of the conversations. And then I start from there. So if you, if anyone meets me in a social context and comes and asks and quotes, you know, the, uh, your, the, the nation, then basically I'll do, I'll do it. I'll do it for you. I promise. Okay. What's your least favorite thing about being Mr. Personality Yoda on demand? I think sometimes that that people can that that it's very hard for me sometimes just to be me and that actually I'm almost someone who will just keep giving if people are needy Um, but it's nice sometimes where people might take the time to ask something about who I am as well I always know I've met a a coach or a psychologist when I find myself talking about myself (laughs) (laughs) what are you most afraid of um I think I think not finishing my race well. Um, I watch too many leaders fail morally, spiritually, um, and I think it gets harder as you get older. I'd love to say it was easier. So that's my biggest fear that I would let my family down and um, I wouldn't finish my race well. Yeah, I get that. I believe we're all struggling with something at any given moment of our lives. It's just part of being human. What are you currently struggling with right now, either professionally or personally? Yeah. Um, the thing that comes most to mind, Chase, when you say that is I'm due knee surgery at the end of next month. So for me, who believe it or not, um, spend, I've spent all my life in sport and activity to be unable to even walk easily at the moment um, is hard. And I tend to eat to celebrate. So the thing I'm struggling most with the clients at the moment is um, I, I'm, I'm going to have to watch what I eat versus the amount of exercise I do because um, it's not going to go well for me otherwise. That's my struggle at the moment. That's a real struggle. What did you spend way too much time doing this past year? I mean, probably watching Netflix is the first thing that comes to mind. What are you binging on right now? Oh, right now, mercifully, I finished one. Helen and I often have one that we would watch together. Don't forget, in Britain, we've done proper lockdown, not like America, where you might move the t- tables a bit further apart in the restaurant. You know, we, we've not been allowed out at all. So, <laughs> Pole Dark was a, a favourite. We try and find ones we can watch together. So, The Crown, Pole Dark, um, you know, you can waste a lot of time once you get addicted to a box set. Yeah. I'm laughing out loud because you said we did proper lockdown, which is like <laughs> we did fear properly. You you Americans don't do your fear right the way we right. do it. It's hilarious. Trust me, Joseph, trust me, I'm an American in exile in Britain with a British passport. So yeah. I lived in your wonderful world for five years and I would have happily stayed. What secret fear do you have about people? Oh, gosh, that they would think that I was arrogant. What do you wish you had learned sooner in business? 
Um, I think that self-awareness question, I wish I'd known the impact I had on others and how negative that was a lot earlier. Yeah, I get that. Startup Nation, that's really what we're talking about today. You're having an impact on people every day around you. It's either positive, life-giving, or it's negative and destructive. It's very important that you get clear on that and then be intentional with your superpower. What, what's a new habit that you want to create, Steve? Um, I've, as most entrepreneurs, I'm always fascinated by other entrepreneurs and I always help on accelerators. So I'm helping at the moment with someone called Vojo Health, who's, she's a geneticist who basically took my DNA and is helping me try and be sensible. To eat. The habit, to get back to your question, is for me not to eat after eight o'clock in the evening is gold. You'd think it'd be easy, but I have a lifetime habit of deciding when I get a beer or some munchies late at night when I've deserved it. So that's my habit I'm trying to break. And I have to photograph everything I eat and put it in an app. And that's really accountable. So I'm doing my best, Joseph. Wow. What bad habit? Well, I think you answered the next one. That's the habit you're trying to break. Pick three words to describe who you are now. Um, secure in who I am. Um, confident in my abilities and persuasive mm. were the three words I wrote down. Yeah, those are good. Pick three words to describe who you were before you discovered <laughs> your true authentic oh. personality. Uh, opinionated, um, insensitive, and um, loud. Mm. Yeah. I resonate, sir. I resonate. Okay. And last question, Steve, if you could come back to life after you died, yeah. look your family and friends in the eye yeah. and give them only one piece of advice about everything, what would you say to them? I think, I think the most important thing is to invest in the things that last. So People and relationships will always last way longer than anything else. And I, I, as a pastor, I've done funerals for a fair number of people and I've met with people on their deathbeds and none of them wish they spent more time working. Um, so for me, I think it's this idea of going, invest everything you can in the people and the relationships that will mean the most because that's really where lasting legacy lies. And that's where I think your true influence will, true influence should last at least three generations beyond your death. Yeah, I get that. And any final wisdom? What's the one thing you want my listener to know about making their first six figures, their first 100K in the next 12 months? I think this is, this is one where, I know you've had Jeremy on as well, where when Jeremy and I started Giant Together, one of the things we said was to go, we're going to learn from, um, Jesus, because he was better at this than we are. And the thing that I reckon is probably been the biggest impact on us has been a belief that if we're doing something we believe in, that actually Jesus is committed to being with us in it. And therefore, he's prepared people to receive us and help us. So I say to look for what Jesus called the people of peace. You may only have one of them in your life that may be all you need. They like you. They go out of their way to bless you. They keep inviting you to opportunities. They keep wanting to spend time with you. And Jesus said, when he sent the two, you know, they're out two by two to have a go at kind of entrepreneurial church planting or whatever it was, 
He said, go and find the person of peace. Stay in their home. Do not go from door to door. Allow them to serve you with everything you have and give them the best you have in return. So I would say that when you look at how do you start your business, find something that you are absolutely passionate about doing and learn to become truly excellent at it because you need to be competent, but recognize that actually a lot of people go after lots and lots and lots of people and get overwhelmed. I would say focus on who are the three people in this world who are people of peace to you and make sure they understand exactly how you want them to help you. So, you know, this phrase, wasn't it? It's confuse you lose. Um, and in the end, that is the most important thing. Find your people of peace and work on clarifying and honing how they can help you. So I always say to people, people go, Steve, you know, how do I do this? I say for micro, I go, you're looking, you are a specialist in helping leaders in transition. People who've sold a business, people who are in a big career crossroads, people who've been successful and wondering whether this is going to be the next 20 years as well. That's who I work with. We've developed a plan and a process to help them discover who they are, help them think through the future they want to leave, and we walk with them to deliver that plan. Who do you know who actually is in that place that you could make an introduction to? So find your people, be amazing at what you do, be passionate about what you do, Use the people of peak strategy to let them be connectors for you and give them the clearest, simplest, easy to do. I was terrible at this, by the way. You know, I'm a consultant. I do culture change. I do this and the other. Now I just say I work with elite leaders in transition and everyone knows how to connect me to that thing. So that's a lot of thing at the end. But I just wanted to make sure people, you know, that's what I would say to every entrepreneur. I know. Be excellent at what you do. Be passionate about what you do use the personal peace strategy if you don't if you want to find out more find me on linkedin anyone who reaches out i'll set up a call with you i promise thank you for that steve that was super helpful and startup nation again giant is hosting a coaching business workshop to help you learn the ins and outs of how to start and build a successful coaching business even if you're just starting out even if you want to do a side hustle if you want to work remotely from anywhere in the world and do it this workshop's 100% free. You can go reserve your spot. Uh, they're only taking on 30 people this uh, upcoming month, so it's very limited space. So go right now and click the link in the show notes to reserve your spot now, and hopefully they pick you. I wish you the best with that. So Steve Cochran, thank you for being on your first 100K. I wish you God's love, peace, and joy in your life, sir. Thank you, Joseph. Pleasure to be with you. Hey, Startup Nation, thank you so much for taking time out of your day to listen to my show. Whenever you're ready, there are three ways I can help you. Number one, grab your free 10-day training at first100k.com. That's first100k.com. Number two, get your hands on a copy of my new book, Your First 100K, How to Make Six Figures in Under 12 Months at josephwarren.net. That's josephwarren.net. And number three, connect with me to discuss how I can work with you on a more personal or one-on-one -on -one level at blowuprocks.com. That's blowuprocks.com. I'll see you next week on your first 100K. And remember that wherever you are in your entrepreneurial journey, you're just 
100K away.